Are you with me on this? We all love those stories that glorify the Roaring Twenties, when folks whispered a magic password to get into speakeasies and gin joints for some illicit partying during Prohibition. But it wasn't all a roaring good time. Would our government purposely poison the public to try to stop them from drinking? Guess what? Turns out the feds ordered industrial alcohol makers to add poison to what they sold to scare the public to death, maybe killing as many as 50,000 and blinding or paralyzing hundreds of thousands more. I'm Patty Steele, dying for a drink, literally, next on The Backstory. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, if we're being honest, we all have stuff in our lives that drive us crazy. Maybe it's a job, a difficult relationship, or love interest. Or honestly, it can just be the state of this crazy world we live in. For me, it's all three of those things at times. A lot of times it's not a big deal, but in the moment, it sure feels like it is, right? So how do you come to terms with those stressors and not let the negativity weigh you down? For me, therapy has always been a haven where I can open up, talk about what's eating at me, and trust that this person will be honest, understanding, and discreet. Therapy isn't just for folks who've had major trauma. It's for you and me, so we can be at peace and become the best version of ourselves. When I connected with a terrific therapist at BetterHelp, she asked some on-point questions, and I actually heard myself working through some of the issues I'd kept bottled up. What a relief. If you've considered therapy, I can't recommend BetterHelp enough. It's completely online, so it's convenient, flexible, fits your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a short questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Take it from me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com backstory today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash backstory. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with the backstory. Okay, do you know much about Prohibition, when the government outlawed alcohol for 13 years starting in 1920? Did you know the feds mandated that industrial alcohol makers add poison to what they made to keep people from drinking it? It killed as many as 50,000 and maimed hundreds of thousands. 
we've kind of seen what that world looked like in movies like The Untouchables and The Great Gatsby, and also on TV shows like Boardwalk Empire. Prohibition-era gangsters included Al Capone, who took in $60 million a year during those years. But one of the most amazing and not so well-known stories about Prohibition was how the feds tried to control access to alcohol for folks who just wanted to party. When the government wants to control us, they have all sorts of crazy ways to enforce laws, right? But during Prohibition, it got way darker. Again, their approach, left by some accounts 50,000 dead and possibly hundreds of thousands permanently impacted by conditions like paralysis and blindness. Now, how the heck did that happen? Mass poisoning. Yeah, the government didn't just try to talk people out of drinking or even just fine them or put them in jail. They actually poisoned the legal industrial alcohol being made that bootleggers were turning into hooch. Now, imagine you're desperate for a drink, but there's none to be had. If you're really desperate, you might even sip a little bit of rubbing alcohol. Yuck. So the feds decide to mandate that all industrial alcohol had to be denatured by adding iodine, chloroform, even gasoline and kerosene to make it really nauseating and in some cases deadly. Now, if you were a bootlegger, you saw a big market for illegal booze. So you'd hijack trucks transporting the industrial stuff and try to make it more drinkable taste-wise by adding all sorts of chemicals to improve the flavor. And they did a little boiling to try and remove the bad stuff, but you simply couldn't remove all the poison. People still drank it, making gangsters like Al Capone impossibly rich. He was just 26 years old when he got started, and was soon taking in 60 million bucks a year. Guess what? That's well over a billion dollars in today's world. Experts say prohibition led to the rise of really powerful organized crime syndicates. They were obviously raking in money like nobody's business. And that organized crime world never really recovered economically after the end of prohibition killed off their cash cow. It was the Roaring Twenties. Everybody wanted to party. Where did they go? Well, guess what? There were 32,000 speakeasies in New York City alone. By the way, speakeasies got their name from how quietly you had to whisper the password to get in. So nearby cops couldn't hear you and figure out how to get in themselves. And those speakeasies would also add things to improve the flavor, like ginger ale, Coca-Cola, sugar, and lemon, which gave rise to cocktails. Before that, drinkers were just doing straight shots, I guess. And get this, before speakeasies, most folks went to bars and taverns, but most of them didn't allow women in as customers, just as entertainment. But speakeasies were looking for as many customers as possible, so women were totally welcome to come in to party and toss back a few of those poisonous cocktails. By 1923, the government decided they had to make it even more poisonous. So they ordered the folks that made the industrial stuff to add 4% wood alcohol, which is incredibly poisonous to humans, even in really tiny amounts but they didn't mandate any warning labels. 
Again, people drank it, and anywhere from 10,000 on up to 50,000 or more were killed because of it. In addition, with hundreds of thousands becoming blind or paralyzed. In fairness, not everybody thought it was a good idea to poison alcohol. One senator called it legalized murder. But a supporter from the Anti-Saloon League said legal alcohol had killed a lot more people than the government's new program and that, quote, air quotes here, the feds were under no obligation to supply people with safe alcohol when it had been banned. He went on to say, the person who drinks this industrial alcohol is deliberately committing suicide. And the government's lead guy in the prohibition effort, Assistant Secretary of the Treasury Seymour Lohman said publicly that the fringes of society that drink were dying off fast from poison hooch and that if the result is a sober America, a good job has been done. Really? Wow. Allowing maybe tens of thousands of people to die and possibly hundreds of thousands to be permanently disabled by poisoning our vices. Yikes, and we think the present-day government is rough on us. I'm Patty Steele. The Backstory is a production of iHeartMedia and Steel Trap Productions. Our producer is Doug Fraser. Our executive producer is Steve Goldstein of Amplify Media. We're out with new episodes twice a week. Thanks for listening to The Backstory, the pieces of history you didn't know you needed to know. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wildcard on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.